Continuous practice is the circle of the way. Dogen and continuous practice begins, on the great way of Buddha ancestors, there is always unsurpassable practice, continuous and sustained. It forms the circle of the way and is never cut off between aspiration, practice, enlightenment, and nirvana. There is not a moment's gap. Continuous practice is the circle of the way. So we're here at Sashin doing continuous practice. Here practicing presence, practicing with this body that sits and breathes, supported by the earth over and over again, bringing ourselves back to present moment experience. So what is this continuous, again, Shindo, Shindo Aoyama, Zen priest in, from Japan, Soto Zen priest from Japan, she says, continually does not mean without stopping. As in driving a car, when we go down the road of life, we cannot expect traffic lights always to be green. Sometimes we have to stop at the red light of illness. Even if at first we are resolute, as soon as we get into trouble and the situation looks bleak, some of us say, it's no use, and perhaps despair and give up. But stopping, retreating, or making a wide detour is more enriching and gives us far more inner strength than traveling down a straight and easy road. Zen master Genshu Aoyama Roshi goes on to say, to say, she writes, Zen master Genshu Watanabe in his last years called to his bedside a monk who had recently become a disciple. The master asked, how can one go straight on a steep mountain road of 99 curves? When the young disciple replied, I don't know, he was told, walk straight by winding along. When told to walk straight, Aoyama Roshi says, when told to walk straight, we stupidly think we have to cross mountains, hills, rivers, and the sea in a straight line. Ignoring traffic lights, we dash off like a race car, looking neither left nor right, but we only deceives our, deceive ourselves into thinking we progress as we lurch forward. Instead, go straight by winding along. I think this is a vital and important point that the spiritual path, that our practice is not, <laughs> is not a super highway. And she says, we cannot expect the traffic lights to always be green. Continually, continuous practice does not mean we don't have detours. So I would like to talk about the 99 curves. She points out that because we are human beings who have lived a human life, are living a human life, all manner of things arise, including 
what appears to us as hindrances or obstacles, stuff in our way, my practice would be going so well if not for this or that coming up. It's in my way. I've got things to do. I've got awakening to happen. As Hogan pointed out yesterday, this continuous practice that Dogen's talking about is nothing but our life. So how could we push over our life to get to our life? But yet, that's often what we try to do. We have this idea of in our meditation practice or spiritual practice or life in general that things are going well or not going well because they accord with our own idea of what going well is. I should be able to drive straight there. This is in my way. But that's just our small mind. Dogen says, by not sustaining your practice, you would be excluding Buddhas, not nurturing Buddhas, excluding continuous practice, not being born and dying simultaneously with all Buddhas, and not studying and practicing with all Buddhas. Even if you might try to ignore it in order to hide a crooked intention and escape from it, this ignoring would also be continuous practice. So this is in Gyoji, continuous practice, the fascicle that we are reading, studying for Ango. Dogen does this all the time, and he does it all throughout the Shobogenzo. which again is to, to remind you what Hogan said yesterday, is that he says, it's this, and then he says, it's that. Continuous practice is this, continuous practice is that. It's, it's, it's not this, it is that, and keeps turning things over. So here he says, you have to sustain your practice, otherwise you're gonna be excluding Buddhas and not nurturing Buddhas. And who wants to do that? Who wants to exclude Buddhas or not nurture them? And then he goes on to say, if you, even if you try to ignore it, ignore continuous practice in order to hide a crooked intention, so self-centered view, even if you try and ignore continuous practice to nurture self-centered view, this ignoring is also continuous practice. This ignoring is also your life. So let's talk about the 99 curves that Aoyama Roshi talks about uh, that in the story that she told. A poem about the things in our way, the things we think are in our way. The real work by Wendell Berry It may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work. And that we no longer know which way to go, we have come to our real journey. The mind that is baffled is not employed. The impeded stream, I'm sorry, the mind that is not baffled is not employed. The impeded stream is the one that sings. It may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work. 
And that when we no longer know which way to go, we have come to our real journey. The mind that is not baffled is not employed. The impeded stream is the one that sings. So all, thing, all kinds of things come up as we engage in the practice, physical challenges, aches and pains, mind activity and mind content, mind content that is challenging, distractions, emotions, regrets, blame, fear, anger, anxiety. These things come up just as a normal part of meditation practice because meditation practice is not different than our life. It's just an expression of our life, which is continuous practice. It's helpful to know the territory though. The Buddha, for example, described five hindrances or obstacles that people face in meditation. They get in the way of expressing a calm mind and open heart. You may have seen them. Hmm? Five hindrances, some of the 99 curves. Actually, there's probably <laughs> dozens of curves within each of these hindrances. So the five hindrances, the first is desires, desires of the senses. Uh, and that can appear desire for food, songs, entertainment, comfort. I want to feel comfortable. Anger and ill will. Anything this can appear in our meditation is, and in our life is anything from irritation to fury, rage, anger, frustration, outwards towards others, and it can be expressed to ourselves through the inner critic and self-hatred. It's subtle appearances complaining, complaining mind. Sloth and torpor, uh, sleepiness includes going unconscious, dissociating. On a subtle level, it can appear as zoning out. Restlessness or worry. Restlessness is the feeling of got to move, got to get out of here, got to scratch that itch, got to do something, got to go do that. And if we're practicing at home, it's like, uh, I got to go do that one thing. <laughs> then I'll go sit. <laughs> got one more thing to do. And sometimes that's true. But, but is it restlessness? Is it just restlessness appearing? Uh, on the subtle level in the mind, it can appear as just distractedness in our meditation. Skeptical doubt. So we said desires, anger, sloth slash torpor, restlessness, and finally skeptical doubt. Skeptical doubt is a powerful one. It's doubts in the practice, doubts in the teacher, doubts in the Dharma. It can also in its, uh, appear as doubt in ourselves, doubt in our own Buddhahood, our own capacity, messages of this isn't working. On a more subtle level, skeptical doubt can appear as um, channel surfing with practices. This isn't working. I'm going to try this other practice. Um, it's a, it's a subtle form of skeptical doubt. 
Let's spend a moment on skeptical doubt from Aya Kema. She's in our women's lineage, a Theravadan nun. Ayakema says about skeptical doubt that it's about love and commitment. The spiritual path is the strongest commitment there is. There isn't any closer union than that because it takes the whole person and doesn't even need anyone else for completion. We have to understand the path completely and love it from the bottom of our hearts. When we do that, there's no room for skeptical doubt. One doesn't have to ask, was the Buddha really enlightened? That's not a pertinent question. If we follow the path, we are going to find out for ourselves. And I would say that another way to phrase that is, one doesn't have to ask, am I really enlightened? Will I awaken? That's not a pertinent question. If we follow the path, we're going to find out for ourselves. Total commitment means we can give our whole being. If we can do that, we are able to love. She says, there might be a better, um, here's a simile. You're looking for water on your farm and you think you might find it in the southeast corner. You dig down 10 feet and there's no water. Then you think, oh, must be the wrong spot. I'll go to the northwest corner. Then you go to the northwest corner and start digging. Again, after 10 feet, you give up and think, must be the wrong place. You do this 10 times and never find any water. But if you had stayed in the first place and dug 10 times 10 feet, you would certainly have found water. Just keep digging in one spot. Commit yourself fully. committing ourselves to continuous practice of presence, being present, simple, 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 becoming soft, simple, continuous practice of the body that sits and breathes, supported by the earth. Now with these curves, some of these 99 curves of the five hindrances, there's many ways to work with them. There's many change strategies Um, for example, anger and ill will, complaining mind, there's loving kindness meditation, sloth and torpor, open the eyes, take a nap, remember impermanence, restlessness and worry, replacing thoughts. Um, Ayakema talks about actually the five, the, the, the way to work with all of them is to have noble friends and noble conversations and fill your, your mind stream with thoughts of the Dharma. And that's all, that's all good and all helpful. So there's the change strategies, which is working actively with the mind. And then there's also acceptance. Dogen says in Gyoji, continuous practice. By not sustaining your continuous practice, 
you would be excluding Buddhas, not nurturing Buddhas, excluding continuous practice, not being born and dying simultaneously with all Buddhas. So by not sustaining your practice, and then he says, blossoms opening and leaves falling now are the actualization of continuous practice. Polishing a mirror and breaking a mirror is not other than this practice. Again, not sustaining your continuous practice, you will be excluding Buddhas, not nurturing Buddhas, excluding continuous practice, etc. So by not sustaining concentration, by not dealing with the hindrances and how we get in our own way, we fall into old habits of resentment, ignorance, get stuck and can't really help anyone. We don't see beings as Buddhas. We don't manifest as Buddhas. By not addressing harmful conditioning in our own reactivity, we continue to create suffering for ourselves and others. And yet in the next sentence, Dogen pivots the opposite. He says, blossoms opening and leaves falling now are the actualization of continuous practice. So in other words, distractions, hindrances, grief, worry are meditation. The hindrances are meditation. They are continuous practice. They're all part of the path. Polishing a mirror and breaking a mirror is not other than this practice. They are not other than this practicing. Dogen is pointing to the paradox of acceptance and change, what Chosen likes to call the tension of opposites. The paradox of acceptance and change. Both, both exist. Both are part of the path. Both are the path. Continuous practice forms the circle of the way and is never cut off. Between aspiration, practice, enlightenment, and nirvana, there's not a moment's gap. Continuous practice is the circle of the way. There's no way to fall out of the circle. You can't fall out of your life. Blossoms opening and leaves falling. These are ordinary things. Not extraordinary things. They're the ups and downs of our life just as it is. To stop creating suffering for ourselves and others, we need to work with our shortcomings, our pain, our reactivity. And yet in order to do that, we need to accept what is. We need to accept that in ourselves. We need to accept that it's there. What is present? Being our best self and being our broken self. It is all our self. It is all the circle of the way. It's all the path. As Aoyama Roshi said, go straight by winding along. Continually does not mean without stopping. Aoyama Roshi says, continually, continuous does not mean without stopping. Continuous practice does not mean without stopping. So I'd like to introduce a practice for acceptance. It's the practice of self-compassion. It is a way of working with the heart-mind with acceptance. There are times when things aren't so easy. 
all the stoplights aren't green on the way to the store. Difficult things come up in our practice on the cushion and in life. So self-compassion practice has three aspects. The first is presence, which we've been practicing over and over again, returning to presence. First is acknowledging what is present. So acknowledging suffering is present when we're having difficulties Acknowledging suffering is present, dukkha is, sec- is present, pain, distraction, anger, resistance to my experience is present. This is what it feels like. This is what is present, the direct experience of it in the body. There is acceptance, it's an attitude an orientation of acceptance as opposed to a subtle trying to get rid of, trying to paint over it, trying to buff it up, trying to polish that mirror, trying to polish that broken mirror. It's not a subtle getting rid of. It's saying, here's what is. This pain is here. And there's a quiet fierceness to this kind of presence. I am with this. I see it. I know this. Here it is. The second aspect is common humanity. Others have experienced this. So when suffering is present, grief is present, confusion, feeling lost. Being present with that and then expanding our awareness to common humanity, the realization that others have experienced this, others are experiencing this. I'm not alone. That this is what it means to be human. If the critic comes in, well, these people have it worse than I do. Ah, that's just the mind um, creating division see it for what it is and just ignore that. Feeling the body, seeing the play of thoughts. Others have experienced this too. Distraction, worry, grief. Others are experiencing this. I am not alone. This is what it means to be human. This is part of living a human life. Presence, common humanity. And then finally, self-kindness. May I be kind to myself while while I am experiencing this difficulty. May I slow down as I approach this curve. May I be at ease. 
May I have courage to walk up to the edge of this and be present. May I be kind to myself while I show the commitment and love to myself that Ayakema talked about, the commitment and love to see this through. May I be kind to myself while I'm experiencing this difficulty, while I'm experiencing this unknown territory. I don't know what is around this curve. So let's do a short self-compassion meditation. You're welcome to join or to just listen. So if you like getting in touch with the body, breathing, supported, holding this present moment awareness, feeling the body breathing in breath, out breath. And if you like bringing to mind an experience that is weighing on you. Maybe it's come up in meditation, a worry that you may have about someone you care about or about yourself. And allow that to be held in the heart and mind. What weighs on the heart right now? And if something has, has not emerged, that's okay. And the heart's untroubled. But if something has emerged, it weighs on us, it weighs on you, and you feel it, see it. And with the out-breath, silently to yourself, this is difficult, this is a moment of suffering. On the out-breath, this is suffering. Or if you can name what it is, this is grief. This is worry.
with the out-breath, feeling if the body sensations change, if there's any body sensations associated with it, or just thought, this is dukkha. And holding it in awareness. This is what it means to be human. With the out breath. This is what it means to be human. Suffering is a part of life. Difficulties are part of life. I'm not alone. Others have experienced this too. And with the out breath, others have experienced this too. I'm not alone. And then the third phrase, may I be kind to myself while I'm experiencing this difficulty. May I give myself what I need May I be open. May I be kind to myself. May I bring in kindness when experiencing this difficulty. So self-compassion is a practice that can be done on the cushion and off the cushion. Whenever we find ourselves gripped by challenge, hindrance, curves, This is difficult. This is suffering. I'm having a hard time right now. Suffering is present. The first aspect, acceptance. This is what's here. Second, others have experienced this. Others are experiencing this. This is what it means to be human. Sometimes the most difficult part of being with our suffering is feeling like we're all alone, that we're defective. So being with all of humanity, all of history is a great comfort. 
And then the wish for kindness, prayer for kindness. May I be kind to myself while this suffering is present. May I slow down when the curves are coming. What do I, what, what is needed? And it may be just waiting. The self-compassion practice is, as Aoyama Roshi says, these practices are still the path. Continually doesn't mean not stopping. Continually doesn't mean not attending to. It's not a straight line. Sometimes we have to stop and take care. It doesn't, and our practice of presence is how we do that. These things are not separate from the path. They arise as the path. They are the path. So please don't make enemies of our, of your tender parts. Spiritual practice is not about taking the part that we don't like and cutting them out. Spiritual practice is about how we can hold it all and responding from a calm mind and heart. It's the circle of the way. Nothing is outside it. A poem about acceptance. The Perfect Cup by Joyce Rupp. She's a Catholic nun. 20th and 21st century. (laughs) The Perfect Cup. It is time for me to see the flaws of myself and stop being alarmed. It is time for me to halt my drive for perfection and to accept my blemishes. It is time for me to receive slowly evolving growth, the kind that comes in God's own good time and pays no heed to my panicky pushing. It is time for me to embrace my humanness, to love my incompleteness. It is time for me to cherish the unwanted, to welcome the unknown, to treasure the unfulfilled. If I wait to be perfect before I love myself, I will always be unsatisfied and ungrateful. If I wait until all the flaws, chips, and cracks disappear, I will be the cup that stands on the shelf and is never used. Dogen Genji says, to forsake name and gain in this lifetime and practice one thing thoroughly is the vast continuous practice of the Buddha's timeless life. This continuous practice, our life, is bound to be sustained by continuous practice, by our life. 
this acceptance is bound to be sustained by our working with our difficulties and working with our difficulties helps us with accepting our difficulties. This continuous practice is bound to be sustained by continuous practice, love and respect your body, mind and self that are engaged in this continuous practice. Love and respect your body, mind and self that are engaged in this continuous practice. You know, Dogen Zenji does not have the reputation of being warm and fuzzy. Saying love and respect, kindness, bring kindness to our continuous practice. It is time for me to see the flaws of myself and stop being alarmed. It is time for me to halt my drive for perfection and to accept my blemishes. It is time for me to receive slowly evolving growth, the kind that comes in God's own good time and pays no heed to my panicky pushing. It is time for me to embrace my humanness, to love my incompleteness. It is time for me to cherish the unwanted, to welcome the unknown, to treasure the unfulfilled, If I wait to be perfect before I love myself, I will always be unsatisfied and ungrateful. If I wait until all the flaws, chips, and cracks disappear, I will be the cup that stands on the shelf and is never used. So please continue the practice of presence with kindness. As Dogen Zenji says, love and respect your body, mind, and self that are engaged in this continuous practice. Thank you.